0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number six sixty four with our review of Cruella. I'm Christopher Schneezy.
1: and I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. This week, we're we're throwing in our good old hard-earned money um to do another premiere access uh rental slash own i guess for the duration of your account on the good old disney plus and we're talking about the latest uh disney prequel live action turning of some ip that they have in their big old bucket we're talking about cruella steven miller what is your connection to all things dalmatians um right or or, or anything involved in this process this property
1: well, I got I got ninety nine Dalmatians, but uh, two eight <laughs> more. Nailed it. Um, I. Right. So we we were talking right before recording about my connection with Hundred One Dalmatians is the live action movie from nineteen ninety six, starring Glenn Close as Cruella DeVille. Um, Jeff Daniels is in it as the dad. Hugh Laurie is one of the henchmen involved. I. Classic movie, very formative for my upbringing. Uh, it came along, I think, with one of those Disney sing along montagey type VHSs. I don't know if you ever saw one of those, <laughs> where like there's just a bunch of songs with like little sing along things at the bottom. Yeah. And the premise of the VHS that I had involved going to like the Hundred One Dalmatians house and watching some kind of Rube Goldberg machine, and then like. They started singing zippity doo dah or something after that. Like so <laughs> right. I I rewatched many times live action Hodamon Dalmatians related things. Now do I remember anything about the plot? No, absolutely nothing. When when watching Cruella, I realized I don't know what Cruella DeVille does. Why was she working with dogs? What was she doing to dog like it was all gone from my brain. But for a brief moment, that was my connection. I probably watched the animated one from the sixties at some point, but I don't know. I Live action Glenn Close was definitely my my Cruella. What about you? you?
0: And and but just real fast, do, do you remember at the time liking it? Like you watched a bunch, so I assume you liked it, or was it just a thing that was put on in front of you? Oh yeah, I'm.
1: Um, well, I mean it was it was fun those ages when like, what does it mean to like a thing? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been seven when it came out, so this was around the age I also was watching The Music Man on repeat every day for like a year <laughs> and then learned like every line of dialogue from the music band i liked i liked how to run dalmatians i think just not at a time when i cared enough to remember the plot i guess gotcha
0: yeah i i, I for me i did not watch the live action um version from whatever you said it was uh but i do remember at least watching the cartoon version i remember i can remember dalmatians like prancing around in like soot Um, to try to disguise themselves, and I remember them having to try to make it like across town without getting dog napped. And I remember nothing else about the plot other than Corella Deville is the villain, I guess, and wants to turn dogs into coats because she really likes spots. And the only way you can put spots on a white coat is by murdering dogs, I guess. It's Um,
1: It's how Lady Macbeth got them, I think.
0: But yeah, for me, I don't really have much allegiance to this property at all. I mean, I, as I said, I watched the cartoon, but it wasn't something that, you know, it wasn't like the uh, the Robin Hood, uh, Disney's ro- animated Robin Hood, right? It wasn't something that like I remember constantly watching because I loved it. It's just something that I know that I've seen before, and I remember certain images from it. Um, so when I came in to sit down to watch this, I was not, you know, I, I, I wasn't particularly... Excited for this property Um, But I thought when the first trailer came out that this had looked at least looked a little bit fun and like something that like could be enjoyable now Regardless of the fact that it's a prequel or an origin story to a villain of a story that I don't actually care about myself Um, (laughs) How did you feel about this sitting down for it?
1: I mean To me, it was just tenuously related IP, right? That's kind of what I was expecting. There can't really be an origin story. If there is, it will go over my head because, again, I don't remember anything about 101 Dimensions. I do think, canonically, this is the prequel to the live-action film I saw, not to the cartoon. I think they not said true. that. Um, so, hypothetically, I should be a little more invested <laughs> than you, I guess. Um, <laughs> but... I don't, like There was nothing to ruin of my childhood or whatever You know, it, it's just like a campy performance Where it will be a villain You know, what? what is Disney going to do with it? What will Disney do trying to make a Joker When they are not allowed to show anyone break bad In a meaningful way? I think yeah. that was kind of the question I had going into this movie
0: Well, Steven, I think we're about to figure out The answer to that question um, What do you say we get into this episode?
1: Uh, in one second But first, I have to tell you that the live action 101 dalmatians has a approval rating of 41 percent on rotten tomatoes but the cinema score got an a so audiences loved it critics hated it let's see what happens to cruella
0: (laughs) all right we're going to take a listen to the trailer for cruella and then we're going to come back and give you a review
1: from the very beginning i realized i saw the world differently than everyone else that didn't sit well with some people. But I wasn't for everyone. I guess they were always scared that I'd be a psycho. <laughs> sorry now. But a new day brings new opportunities. Sorry now. And I was ready to make a statement. Same girl. I am woman.
0: Hear me roar.
1: I'm just getting started, darling. The thing is, I was born brilliant, born fast a little bit mad. I'm I'm Cruella.
0: All right, so that was the trailer for Cruella. Um, It is about a young girl, um, a a orphan of sorts, and uh, she basically is you know, a little bit different than the other kids that she she has sort of been around as she's grown up. And she has this aspirations to become like a, a famous fashion designer. And she gets an opportunity to work under the tutelage, uh, I guess you could call it tutelage um, of the Baroness, who is like the premier, huge, awesome fashion person that everybody in town knows about. And uh, this is a story about her trying to come about as a fashion designer, and maybe a future villain of other franchises um steven miller what did you think of cruella
1: so in our opening dialogue i talked about the question that was on my mind when i sat down to watch this which was how will disney show a prequel movie of a villain when they are clearly like by brand incapable of showing anyone break bad in a meaningful way and the answer is they won't really at all <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie nothing i compare it to is going to be original at all like i'm sure everyone has noticed this before this movie is joker for many specific reasons that would be spoilery to get into about the third act among other things down to that smile though your heart is aching song playing in an ironic <laughs> way like there are lot lots of similarities to joker but a you know cleaned up kid-friendly version that doesn't really depict anything particularly terrifying um and this is the devil wears Prada the the devil wears Pongo if you will <laughs> the, <laughs> the devil wears Pongo <laughs> um, it, it's like you know two two women at a cutthroat fashion situation trying to assert who they are and it's playing with the idea of like to get ahead did they just have to be ruthless like is that what it took in this world and what does it mean to carve your own identity um i won't say this movie is overtly very like the movie is clearly girl power in the sense that it is like a woman finding her own in the world and she's finding the punk rock scene as a muse but because the villain is also a woman it isn't It isn't only doing that. Like, it's trying to have, like, a kind of fun free-for-all in this, you know, 1970s punk scene and talk about, like, liberation in general. Which is a weird thing when you tie it to the 101 Dalmatians IP to be, like, liberation is what it meant for this person to become a villain who kills puppies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... Again, like, Disney can't do that. Disney cannot make her be someone who kills puppies. So we don't actually get an answer to any of that in this movie. All we get is a hint of her ability to dip into a more ruthless side of her. Like, the Jekyll to Estella's Hyde, I guess. Like, she... No, flip that. The Hyde to Estella's Jekyll. (laughs) Hyde is... Hyde is the... The coat. Hyde's the bad one. (laughs) 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 anyway like the idea of this movie is very odd i think if you divorce it from the ip it was whatever it was okay like i i didn't especially enjoy it i feel like emma stone is good enough though she kind of has to play up a few too many scenes in service to the cruella thing like she has to ham it up more than i think she would if there were no ip attached to it yeah um I think the supporting cast is okay, too. Like, I liked Paul Walter Hauser and Joel Fry as Horace and Jasper. Like, they were fun. And the story, honestly, of, like, you know, pickpockets or petty thieves in London in that era, scraping to get by. Like, I thought that would be fun. Like, I think that crew is fun and the kind of plots that they craft together are fun. And then when the movie tries to become how did Cruella become Cruella, it just... I don't know, it it loses me. Like, it doesn't motivate a thing because there's nothing to motivate. Like, the question of the prequel is not how did Cruella get a fortune and become well-known, it is how did she become a villain who kills puppies? (laughs) And the movie does not seem interested in answering that at all. Um, A thing that I've heard people praise about this movie that I found extremely annoying is the nonstop needle drops that happen in this film, like I counted about the sewing. <laughs> ha. Nice. Um <laughs> I counted there are at least thirty-four needle drops, like thirty-four songs from the sixties through seventies that get dropped into the movie to underscore something that is happening, usually opening with some kind of like rambunctious drum beat or whatever to signify like, oh shit is about to get down. And In a movie that is like just over two hours, that means like every three and a half minutes, there is a new needle drop in this movie. And that drove me crazy (laughs) by the end, especially because like the music started, it it would very often like be commenting specifically on whatever was happening in the movie. Like there's a song that's watch the dog that brings the bone while Estella is following a dog and like... (laughs) One way or another, I'm going to find you, I'm going to get you while she's plotting how she's going to get someone. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, this movie, all of it just felt very, very, very obvious, which is a shame because I think the punk fashion riff on Cruella is a clever way to retcon the character. Like, it's a clever way to take an aesthetic that didn't even exist when the original movie came out and turn it into a thing in our history and i thought it was a fun idea but the the follow-through just didn't really give me very much and then the over directing made me like actively annoyed (laughs) throughout the movie so i wasn't ultimately a huge fan i still think i might have liked it better than that enola holmes movie that we watched (laughs) earlier in the pandemic which is probably the closest comparison i have to it from the last year
0: yeah, I, if you didn't just now bring it up, I was just now going to bring it up that I think this film compares very similarly. I was going to say favorably, but I don't know what, if that means I'm comparing the two. Basically, what I'm saying is that this and Enola, Enola Holmes fit in the same bucket of films that are like, yeah, they're they're like fine. They're definitely watchable, but I think in a way they're hurt from being part of another IP. Like if this was just... Fashion punk girl versus fashion traditional dress lady baroness. I think this would be a much better film because I I think that, like, one of the problems with this film is that we're taking a character who you're supposed to root for, and somewhere in the middle of the two and a half hours, we need to make you not like what she's doing, but then the film is going to try to redeem her by the end. But it's all a prequel to another film where you're supposed to hate her again so it's like you're literally going to make me go on this journey with this character to go like oh now as you said earlier she's breaking bad oh no now we can't get behind her she was really cool but now she's treating you know jasper and horse like poorly like that whole journey like it, when she comes full circle by the end you're kind of like why are you co-? like this film should end with you sort of slightly having gone mad because of whatever you had to do, right? But instead what we're watching is a person who we're rooting for the entire time have one scene where she goes where she's like, oh, she's being kind of a dick. And then that scene immediately is followed by like something that's kind of sobering <laughs> to her her current state of of, mm-hmm. of mind. And then now we're back to like, oh well now we're gonna root for her again because clearly we have a new person who's supposed to be the bad guy and i think that that's sort of that wouldn't be a problem in a film where this is just a generic character who's really into like you know leather and like weird trash bag outfits and stuff like that like you know know, like it's it's one thing to just have a character where we're watching this arc for but if it's a character who who we're supposed to see who she will become it kind of makes that sort of ebb and flow of her character not make a lot of sense in a way that didn't really make me dislike the film, but just made me wonder why I was watching this story when it could have literally been anybody that I was watching. And I would have totally been on board with watching it because I I think the film is kind of entertaining. Like I, I enjoyed The what what is this little like group of like street guys gonna do to try to like break into places like, you know, it wasn't a grand heist film. It wasn't uh, anything like that. It didn't really show us what the fashion industry was like. But I still had fun with these characters like the henchmen guys, you know, like her little buddies, as they would go through like their little things even when they're just riding a bus and stealing people's wallets and stuff like that yeah. i had fun with that sort of side of things and i had fun every time you know emma stone showed up in a new outfit um to try to make everybody go like oh my gosh look what she did like all of that was was fun and enjoyable and i laughed at different things that i was supposed to do during the film like everything worked the way it was supposed to i just don't understand why we're watching this film about this version of a character to set up something that we like, are we going to have another movie before we get to 101 Dalmatians? Where yeah, is there Chuella coming? <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, they, they kind of have to, right? Like, she has to have another film where she actually breaks bad. Like, maybe people kill her, her, her friends and then she really goes mad. Um, but, like, who knows? You know, like, it, it, it's just a film that, like, I don't know what's going on. I enjoy what I'm watching, but I don't understand the purpose of what I'm watching. And it makes me wonder if this story had to be a Cruella DeVille story and couldn't have just been Susie dress sewer person.
1: Right. Yeah. I I mean, that was kind of how I felt too, though. I I think certain things graded on me more and they also wouldn't have if this had not been attached to a, disney i p like if this had been an original i p they would not have licensed thirty five songs from the decade to play every two minutes, you know, like that's true they, they would have had a lighter hand, and like I like the director Craig Gillespie, like y- you and I both enjoyed I quite a bit, if I remember right yeah um but, and i like I think he does have nice stylistic flourishes here, like visually, I think the movie is fun um even the pace of it is pretty okay, you know, like the whole. The amount of time she spends building up to being in the Devil Wears Prada movie, the amount of time she spends in the Devil Wears Prada movie, like it, it, it was all well crafted enough. It just felt too excessive, and almost all the excesses I think I attribute to the fact that it had to be a Cruella movie, so it had to be really big. Emma Stone had to go huge whenever she was playing, you know, Cruella as opposed to Estella. The music had to be, you know bouncy enough to keep the kids that would go see peter rabbit or whatever like entertained every few <laughs> minutes um yeah i don't know it, it just it was like a little too big and a little half-baked in how it tried to tie the prequel to the original movies and i don't know it it was just a kind of weird exercise but executed fine you know like like i think You liked Enola Holmes more than me, I think. I I think I remember you vibing with it more. I mean, I I, like, like I said,
0: I I had the same problem of it. Like, not like it didn't make sense that it was an an Enola Holmes film, but like if it was just super clever girl doing all this cool stuff, I would have been like, yeah, that was that was kind of fun. Like, I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess for me, Enola Holmes i didn't like the way it tied to the ip and it made me kind of annoyed by it here i'm like i think i feel more like you did where i don't love the ip aspect but i feel like i can enjoy most of what the emma's are doing (laughs) pretending it is not um disney and it whatever it's it's fine it shouldn't have cost 30 dollars but it's fine
0: Well, Steven, you could have paid only $15 if you would have just gone to one of the theaters in the area.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to die for that. Maybe <laughs> Fast 9.
0: <laughs> cool. Um yeah, any any last uh, thoughts about this film, Steven?
1: So I don't want to be too spoilery, but there is a aspect of the movie which I feel like the internet picked up on pretty early involving something that happens in Estella's childhood involving Dalmatians and her mother. <laughs> um, okay, oh, I'm yeah, just going to yeah, say it, because yeah, it yeah. was all over the internet. Dalmatians kill her mom. Yeah, Dalmatians I'm, push her mom off a cliff I, in the were, beginning of this movie.
0: You were saying it as though it was like a like a subtle thing that people... I, 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 was, I
1: was like, what?
0: what in her backstory... <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, so the internet picked up on it because it became the narrative, like, before the movie released to a wide audience was, like, why does Cruella hate Dalmatians? Because Dalmatians killed her mom. Isn't this movie ridiculous? And, like, to the movie's credit, it is not that the movie has more to do with that story than just, like, that idea of her wanting to get revenge on puppies or whatever, you know, the tweet was. But something about watching... In a Disney movie, a character get, like, head-butted by a Dalmatian <laughs> and then, like, backflip off a cliff into her death was yeah. very jarring for me. It yeah. Like, her backflip looked like Tanya Harding's, like, triple, <laughs> you know, spin or whatever she landed. Like, it looked very CG in a kind of uncanny way. And then I yeah. was like, this is depicting the death of someone's mother. Um I don't know. That was an odd note to start the movie on. I don't really know why they went that route
0: yeah the 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 other thing that's a little bit twisted, if we could stick on the Dalmatian theme is uh minor spoilers for the like credit sequence, but uh you're telling me that Cruella gifts the dog she's going to be trying to kill later <laughs> in future films mm-hmm. like that
1: seems well, a little <laughs> more, more than that. I think there is a hint that two dogs that are gifted are of the same litter. But they become...
0: The parents of the other dogs. Par-
1: <laughs> yeah. There's some incestuous stuff happening in, in this movie, and we're going to have to watch the sequel to figure out exactly what goes down.
0: Stephen, how else are you going to get 101 purebred Dalmatians?
1: <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Arguably all Dalmatians are bred of incest, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one last little <laughs> nitpick I want to put in there is that... There, you know, the soundtrack is packed. Like they got the Rolling Stones, they like, like they got pretty much anyone they could have wanted, right? They got like the who's who of artists from that era. I of that thirty-five songs, maybe only like two are actually London punky in any way, and that seemed odd to me. Like I was expecting a like punk revival type of soundtrack, and it kind of annoys me that they just kind of play fast and loose and throw like Beatles covers and shit like that in there rather than having like, you know, I want, I want the prequel to Sing Street. I want, I want her to be like <laughs> coming to her own while listening to her like older siblings punk records. I think that would have been, that would have been good.
0: You got to think of who the audience is for.
1: <laughs> yeah, but who is the audience? I know that that was the other question that was definitely circulating the internet last week. Like, is this for kids? Is it? I think I'm the audience. Like I think <laughs> we are as close to the audience as anyone. Maybe female me would be the audience a little bit more.
0: Um, well, you could you can always go back and watch How to Make a Girl or whatever the the other movie was. Yeah, called.
1: I was gonna compare to that too, and I couldn't think of a good reason to. But it <laughs> it feels like it fits with How to Build a Girl.
0: Yeah, How to Build a Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, now. I think it's time for our verdicts. <laughs> so, sure. Stephen Miller, if you're not going to say must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you
1: give it? I'm giving it a rental. I think it is totally fine, you know, enjoyable enough, a little too extra in what it tries to do, and, as we've established, does not need to be attached to the IP that it's attached to, but it, it was fine. You know, I, I wasn't actively angry all the time. I think Joanna liked it a little bit more than me, so that gave it a little bit of a bump. Um, just don't don't pay thirty dollars for it. <laughs> like, don't do it. Pay thirty dollars for something else.
0: Yeah. Um, so yes, for me, I'm 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 also going to give it a wait for rental. Uh, thirty dollars is a steep price to pay for what you're getting here. I did enjoy it. I guess I guess more than Stephen. Not that much more though. I I had fun with my experience of watching this, but I also don't know why we're watching it other than it's the biggest like release that came out under premium service (laughs) this past week so uh that's it that's that's this review (laughs) yep cool um well that's gonna do it for our review of cruella um we're also going to have a review of writers of justice coming uh in the feed right after this episode if you're listening to it so stay tuned for that for now steven if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that
1: people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com
0: People can find me at ChristopherRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash IRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes to go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash Facebook.com slash The Warning or Instagram.com slash The Warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at warning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Corella. So it's one of those 34 songs that's playing right now that is definitely going to get this episode blocked on YouTube. So hopefully you're enjoying that um, on all the other platforms that aren't YouTube. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's this review. As we said, we're going to go take off and record another one for you. So we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.